Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Happy Being Well. I have an exciting guest today. We have Desiree Phillips with us. And we actually ended up having this a very enticing, captivating, thought-provoking, insightful conversation prior to recording this podcast. <laughs> so we're going to continue that conversation on this podcast. We're going to really dive deep into self-love. Yeah, that's right. We're going to be talking about self-love again, because guess what? Most of us are still walking around, not really loving ourselves in toxic relationships in toxic jobs, you know, doing things that harm. So it is a conversation that we will continue to have until every person on this planet truly loves themselves. Before we dive deep with Desiree, this podcast is sponsored by happybeingwell.com, your online store for 100% natural facial masks, natural essential oils, natural bath soaps, crystals, and of course, high quality creative leggings and much more at happybeingwell.com. Use code podcast 25 for 25% off all activewear leggings, code podcast 25, and that's 25% off for leggings and free shipping in the USA on all items at happybeingwell.com. So Desiree, welcome to the Happy Being Well podcast. And finally, we hit the record button after talking about, you know, like, you know, why still we're seeing people, you know, choosing to be in relationships that are toxic, choosing to do things that are not aligned with their beliefs and values or that don't really enjoy, they're still kind of running on default, not really being aware, not really, you know, really most of it is really just not having the awareness. And, and even when you do achieve the awareness, you still do the stuff that is like toxic, right? Just due to familiarity. So we're gonna unpack this with Desiree, this is what she does. She works with people either, you know, in groups online or in person to help them really truly achieve self-love. And Desiree is also an intuitive. So Desiree, like, you know, what made you get into this work? And then we're going to dive into like, what is preventing people from really truly achieving self-love? So what made right. you this work and so thank you so much, first of all, for that lovely introduction. And I love what you're doing. And what made me get into this work, I remember being uh, hitting puberty around 12 and remembering how much I felt like I didn't belong. And it was a feeling that was very painful. And I used to think I felt that way because there was nobody that looked exactly like me at school. And so that was my initial 12-year-old in my head reason. But as I grew up and started to identify why I felt bad or started to connect why I wanted to get this external validation, I just wanted to say, I just wanted the people around me to see me. And so that experience as a 12-year-old, realizing when I look back at her, 
she didn't know what self-esteem was or self-value or self-love. And I spent um, the early part of my career really devoting my life and my heart to building self-esteem within young people from ages 10 to 20. And then it evolved into older, you know, like people at the programs that I did would say, where's our program? And they were adults. So I started working with women and adults and families. And your second point or question that you said was, I think it was, why are we still doing this now or something about that? Yeah, like, you know, I, I personally had experience as we discussed prior, like, you know, it's, it, it, you read into the education sometimes and sometimes there's many, plus there's also, there's so much layers to self-love and there's so much layers to, you know, and you, people like myself, I would run into some education around, you know, why I was persisting or even just recognizing what a toxic relationship was but yet you still I can attest that you know sometimes it's the education definitely obviously is needed right to get that awareness but it sometimes involves much more so right from really achieving that self that that full self-love and just really taking those actions to create a life that is healthy um, right. Be empowered to take those actions instead of living from a place of familiarity, comfort zone, fear. Right. I completely understand, you know, what you're talking about, and I feel that so many of us, um, you know, growing up, we're innocent bystanders, and we are used to our family setting, whatever that is, or our school setting, or whatever the environment that we were exposed to. And so, so much of what we learned when we were young, of course, that stays with us as adults. And, you know, if you look at the world from the point of view of, we have all lived an experience of some sort of pain, and it was in relationship to love, and it was in relationship to trust. And so this is how come I feel we have these topics that come up again and again in all the subjects that you mentioned, whether it's at work or in the home or with family or friendships, trust and love are fundamental to us feeling secure and safe as human beings. And if we were all exposed to some form of dysfunction, which I believe almost every human (laughs) we've all been exposed to it in some way shape or form and it's because humans aren't perfect we're not perfect so it leaves us with our own work to do when we are at the age and stage of our life where we actually have the emotional intelligence we have the emotional awareness that this is something that nobody can do our work for us only we can take that on only I can take that on I can't do it for someone else. I can't fill someone else up to have them love themselves enough to love me the way I want to be loved. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is a very common scenario that most of us feel like if I just love this person enough, they'll love me back because I'm giving them so much love. Why wouldn't they? I'm providing so much. Why wouldn't they? But the faultiness of thinking that way is 
thinking that it's something I am pouring into them and then they can pour back into me. When in truth, my experience in love and relationship and trust between myself and my family and the things that I've lived and experienced, that person, whoever the person is, if they fundamentally don't love themselves on some level, or they're not on a healing journey and path to discover what healing themselves looks like, there's nothing over here in me that I can do to shower them, show them, to give them a love at the level at which they can pour back into me. And if I'm in that cycle for myself, trying to do that, that is me being codependent. That's me thinking that I have an answer and I can fix them. And I have a lot of experience unpacking that word for myself in my own first relationships, starting in high school, thinking that I could do that and that it would work out. And what I've learned in all these years and decades is that I have to love myself enough. And I think that's why this is such a, a relevant, and it may seem popular, but it's beyond popular. It's, it's rooted in truth. Like only I can love myself to know what that means. And when I get to that place in myself where I have poured into myself mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, loved my health and my well-being so that I know what that means and what that looks like. I've created my own context and relationship to love within myself. And from there, I can identify what healthy, looks, healthy love looks like. From there, I can be supportive without being codependent. I can want to support others, ask them, are they, out, you know, literally ask them, are you a request for support or may I? offer you something and they get to say yes or no. And if they say no, that means I keep it to myself. And if they say yes, then that's an opportunity to offer them what I know. But in my experience, that clear definition of, um, you know, I love myself, you love yourself, and we're on this journey and we get to engage, that is healthy because I'm not trying to fix that person and I'm not waiting for that person to do what they like, looking at them like they're my answer to get my love. Absolutely. Yeah, you hit the nail right on the head. Like it took me a long time to realize I was the codependent and, you know, cause I never really explored what codependency was and what, what did that look like? And yeah, I was totally cold, you know, always doing things for other people. Um, because that gave me a sense of like validating made me feel good and, um, totally neglecting and abandoning myself and not really pouring into myself but always pouring into other people and most people don't pour back um but I never really expected the pour back because I you know my mind it was like I was getting you know like that was my sense of like feeling worthy was the ability to help others but it's not healthy because like because I didn't know what a healthy relationship was. I never really was shown what a healthy relationship was just due to growing up in a home that there really wasn't healthy relationships being cultivated. You know, parents didn't have the capacity to show 
um, you know, that healthy relationship, not towards each other or not even towards their children um, because they were not shown. So they didn't have the capacity to, um, you know, show that emotional support you know, and so thereby, you know, I became a codependent, I, you know, um, my sister, your, you know, people in the family had, family members had, you know, I would, whatever, like, life challenges, I was the one that was always like, you know, help so and so help so that was kind of ingrained in me. So yeah, I became a codependent, that was where I learned to, that's how you get your, um, I guess self-worth, um, that's your function, that's your role. So yeah, it took me, it took me a long time to unpack. I just recently unpacked the whole codependency part. And so, you know, just due to hitting a wall and really diving deep and, and into like listening to podcasts like Happy Being Well, that's how I really unpacked it all was through first education and a really deep dive in education. Um, I think my initial personal development education for a number, number, number of years involved, you know, how to reprogram the mind towards excellence, achievement, um, understanding the power of the subconscious mind in relation to subconscious communication, how you communicate with your subconscious. And so a lot of my work was around that served me well, right? Because it allowed me to take massive action towards success. But there's just so much more in, you know, around living a healthy lifestyle that also involves unpacking what we were trained through that childhood environment, through our childhood experiences, how we chose to become a certain person um, through the subconscious process of just by our environment. So... And a lot of it is not direct um, demands or commands. A lot of it is indirect. So I think we were talking earlier, a lot of it is unseen, right? So um, I, whenever people would talk about, oh, you know, you need to like heal your childhood trauma or childhood, I, got, I always thought, I, I didn't know I don't have childhood trauma because I always thought it was like this massive um, event that involved physical violence. So I think that was a major, um, you know, barrier towards unpacking or kind of releasing things or allowed me to be familiar with certain toxic behaviors and relationships that I tolerated, toxic friendships, uh, a toxic intimate relationship, you know, because it was so familiar that I was coexisting with while thriving in the workplace, while thriving in school, because this is what I was coexisting with in childhood. So, you know, I think a lot people need to kind of define what, you know, that trauma is not just an act of violence. It's more, there's little traumas um, that people kind of have to kind of unpack. You know, they have to really look deep to kind of figure out like what it is that they have been familiar with and tolerating right i feel that we we if i strongly believe listening to our intuition will guide us and especially if we get a hit more than once 
that's something inside our nature that's asking us to pay attention and to not ignore what's coming up. And it might be a very subtle feeling, or it might even be a message that comes through to you. And it's just like, hmm, that something feels off about that. And if you find yourself, if we find ourselves having those moments, that is our inner truth talking to us. That has been my experience. And when I have followed through with that, honoring that dialogue to unpack or take a look, what is that? It has never failed me. It has never failed me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, I think what I hear too, and this, this is also my experience, is like, it always takes people to actually hit the wall and crash. Um, mm. Then, they, then they're like, okay, what the heck? Like they, you finally kind of hit, you know, had enough. And then you start to pay attention and it kind of, you know, motivates you to kind of like, okay, I need to, what is going on? What's the subconscious that is causing me to continue these patterns? Then you clear the subconscious out of that, of those, you know, those experiences that have been living within you that you keep recreating. Right. Um, is this what you're also finding when you're working with people? It's like they finally, you know, actually hit, you know, it's through actual hard life lessons of like finally getting sick and having enough, like the body in your mind is finally like, okay, I'm like, this is too much. I'm constantly recreating the same um, toxic in situations over and over again, whatever shape or form they look like. It could be a workplace, you know, constantly going into the same type of workplace or constantly getting into the same type of friendships or with relationships, right? They take, it can be anything. Um, is that what you're finding or is it? I, I definitely think um, the experience of having something go really off the rails, you know, it's when we pay attention. It's almost like when you're driving, you're in cruise control or you're just driving. But then when you almost like the car swerves or you almost, you know, find yourself caught off guard, it's when you pay attention, right? And I feel like our experience of, self-love and understanding what we need is the same way something has to interrupt what's you know we're going through our day or our week or our life and it feels like it's normal but then something happens that throws us off our center and whether it's a big thing or a little thing like it's a, whether it's an internal message or an event between those experiences it does feel familiar there is some sort of pattern that if we trace it back to our childhood or experiences, we can find something that we realize this is not the first time I've been in this situation. And what's different when we are proactively paying attention is when we realize there is an opportunity here for me to grow up a notch, to actually not treat this the way I've treated everything else and dig deeper and deeper into myself, not necessarily deeper into about something else or someone else or something external, because ultimately 
although it might be an external thing that has a negative impact on our lives, the only thing we can do is take care of ourselves, take care of our truth, honor what we know we need to be doing to strengthen our self-care, self-love process. And I really do believe it, you know, this is a lifelong process. Something I'd like to share with you that I thought was very interesting. I did this woman's program in 2010 and the women who participated, I had women from every decade in this program in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. Every age was represented in this group. And what I didn't expect and what blew me away was all of them were processing something that had to do with healthy boundaries, self-love, self-care, self-respect, how they were being treated, standing in their truth, owning their power, allowing themselves to take center stage in their own life. And I, of course, I believe in this, you know, topic that we're talking about. Um, and when we say the word self-love, it sounds so trendy. Mm -hmm. and, it, and yet it is, it is for me, and I know a lot of other people agree with me, yourself included, this is not a trend. This is a truth that we need to really be willing to take on if we want to break cycles and patterns. And it's something that we will do at one of those ages and stages of our life, or we won't do. And it's completely up to us if we want to look at that. Mm. I, I totally agree. I think, and I think too, people need to kind of really look at what, what entails self-love. I think that uh, people just think it's some kind of, you know, superficial thing. It's not, it's, it's something that it involves self-worth, self-esteem, how you feel about yourself. And it involves like even little things. Like if you actually don't do self-care, what are you telling your subconscious mind? You're telling your subconscious mind indirectly that you're not worth taking care of yourself to get those rewards of self-care. And self-care, as we know, it involves a lot of different activities. It could be meditation, journaling, doing your skincare routine, taking long hot baths. Bottom line, it's something to do to refuel yourself, to make yourself feel good, right? Like it feels good after I do my facial or even while I'm doing my facial, like it's soothing my skin. My skin is more youthful, glowing. It feels good. And it, I'm telling myself I'm worth this. Like I'm worth, and you know, it took me a long time to even really truly commit to even a self-care ritual and even to really invest in the right products to even to really take care of myself. Yeah. I just, I don't know, just never really, made that investment in myself in involving the self-care activities day to day and then once I actually did it was like it took it was I was going through my own self-love journey to get there and to really unpack why I wasn't I was literally having a subconscious kind of program that I'm not worthy of it right so it, it's yeah. a conscious 
beliefs of not really feeling worthy, it affects our behavior. It's our main driver of behavior. So this is why, you know, every, we keep hearing from all the leaders and gurus, you know, look at your childhood, look at your childhood. <laughs> it's because that's where our initial molding stages took place. So, right. you know, yeah, it's, it, it just, it, it, there's so much to unpack. You know, we really do have to really, I always, it's like an, I, I always feel like it's like, you know, I've been involved in the doing personal development for, oh my God, I would say ever since high school, I would read personal development books but it's such a journey, like to really go deep with it and to really understand it, to really process what that means in relation to who you are in your life experience as a person. Um, because I initially got exposed, let's say I got in high school reading some a few books, but you really then you get into university, then I would go maybe to a few, I would take like a meditation class, a yoga class. Um you know, there's leadership classes, you know, little workshops, but you know, you, I would, I would get more deeper and deeper into it as I evolved becoming an adult really, <laughs> because as you become an, more and more an adult, you're kind of forced to look at yourself in order to become more efficient in something and your forces you, okay, why am I not efficient in this? Why am I not, you know, it forces you to kind of look at that as you go through your adult phases of life, I think. And the fact that I had the education to back me up allowed me to tap into that, to tap into that, what I know. And then of course, guide me into further going deeper into that direction. So it's, that's been my journey. Cause I think people get a, you know, can look down on personal development because there's some people that have you know, read the books, uh, they go to Tony Robbins and they're still whatever, they're still living in a life of chaos and confusion um, because they're not implementing and they're not, they're not implementing, right? And there's a variety of reasons why they're not implementing. Um, maybe they're, you're probably choosing to stay in that comfort zone because, you know, you go and you, let's say Tony Robbins invent and it's all pumped up, you're all gassed up. And everything that he says is completely true. And um, the thing is you go back home and what happens? You may be gassed up for a few days after the event, but because your place of familiarity is, you know, addicted <clears throat> to the chemicals being released, what, what you're familiar with, right? What you're, the thought, maybe you're anchored in fear and anger. So you're just gonna revert back to your default programming. I think that's why a lot of people um, are, you know, maybe have issues, challenges, obstacles, um, implementing it in their day to day is because going to something external, which is necessary, it is needed to get the, sure. but it's like electricity charge. You get that electricity charge and then it goes away when you go back home. You know, so we have to kind of learn to charge ourselves up and implement it. And, and most importantly, um, get addicted to it, you know, get it, you know, embody it, become it, you know, to transform yourself. So that's how I learned to implement it day to day was through my self-care activities. Um, you know, 
I've been, I went to the Tony events. I dive deep into um, personal development, you know, even taking courses in NLP and Reiki and all these things. Yeah. Um, EFT, I mean, it goes on. I'm sure there's like hundreds of different modalities. Um, but it wasn't until I just found fun ways to incorporate into my girly self-care routine of facials, baths, that I actually was implementing the reprogramming and blowing out limiting beliefs and um, doing like timeline therapy. But, you know, it, like I said, it's like, it doesn't, those things are great. And it really, it's like a unpeeling of an onion. Like if you just keep unpeeling and unpeeling yeah. to, have to help you um, strengthen your intuition and to identify what those imprints are in you, you know what I mean? So yes. Have my background in those tools, if I didn't have those tools that I've cultivated through all those years, when I would run into these obstacles, um, I wouldn't be able to overcome it, right? Like this is where I may have just continued going down and down a spiral, maybe be addicted to some kind of prescription pills or so, you know what I mean? Like, it's like the, these are needed, like these are tools that we need to yeah. learn and cultivate um, in order to go through life's obstacles and to kind of recorrect ourselves in right. the right path, right? And to remold ourselves, you know, re, re-imprint ourselves into like self-love to correct those imprints or release those imprints, those negative imprints that have been imprinted upon us through our external environment. I completely agree. And it is a practice and it's, and I like to recommend for anyone who's listening or watching this, um, what I have found to be the most effective is you link something and you mentioned this in your uh, routine is you link something fun to the shift of what you're shifting. Because if you link a positive something you want to do and there's fun involved and then it's something you're going to practice the fun aspect of it whatever it is even if it seems really small you know i i like what you said about you know taking a bath or doing your skincare routine um it feels pampering and yes it's external but you know what we all need to get clean (laughs) and we all you know taking that extra step whatever that extra step means to someone that feels like I am really giving myself extra time to take care of my body or to take care, you know, read this book, read this one page or this one chapter that I just want to soak in while I have this time to myself and there are no kids to take care of. There's nobody to take care of. So whatever that one thing is, I feel that that really helps us make that transition and what will happen naturally going from the one habit that is fun and building it over time, you don't think about it anymore. You just do it because it feels right. It feels natural. And each layer of truth that we are taking on and putting it into an action, it, it really expands. It blossoms. And I, you know, the analogy of watering a seed, you know, when we plant that seed and we water it, we can't see what's happening underneath the dirt, but we know something is happening. 
And it's the daily action of nurturing the soil. And it's the daily action of what we do to engage with it. And at some point we see the sprout and it comes up and, it, and we get excited. And that same thing happens for us. And it's happening on the inside and it's happening on the outside. And however we access it, we'll, we will all access it differently because there are different things that make us feel good and make us feel like, okay, I can do this. And I think that's the most important thing. I want whoever's listening to this, do the thing that you know you can do this, <laughs> whatever that is. And um, is it all right with you that I share that I, I have written a book? It's a downloadable um, ebook and it's called The 21 Laws of Self-Love. And it's, it, I, I asked you, but I didn't wait for your answer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Of course. Share, share. Like, absolutely. Whatever resources that you can give to okay. me. This is what sure. this is all about, is like education. Right. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I know we didn't have the conversation before getting on, but I just, out of definite respect. Um, but I, the reason I'm sharing it is because these are the 21 I call it the 21 laws of self-love because they are literally the 21 laws that have gotten me through so many situations where I still use them to this day and I've used them throughout my life and I've shared them with clients and family and friends and they are, they are so yummy. And um, so anyway, for anyone who's interested in that, they can, you know, they'll be able to find it through my um, website or Instagram. Um, wow. I love that we have been having this conversation. It's such a good one and it's such a rich one. And it's something that I know that until the day we die, we'll be practicing self-love. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it's something to really, honestly, the learning process to how our mind works and how our subconscious mind works, the conscious mind the brain, you know, everything. It's like an ever evolving learning process. Like I'm still learning to this day, irregardless if I initially took this journey, you know, over 20 years ago, like I'm still learning, I'm still listening to podcasts like the Happy Being Well podcast. I'm still reading the books. I'm still, I still go to retreats, you know, personal development, spiritual retreats and conferences because the more and more you immerse yourself into this, the more and more and more insights into yourself that will spark. And more and more you'll learn about some aspect of perhaps the brain or perhaps the, maybe a technique that resonates with you. Um, you'll just, you'll just spark new. And the more and more you'll embody it too. Like the more and more you'll understand it and get it because you're not going to get it with just one book or just one event or just That's one right. episode. Like it really is, uh, you really have to enmesh yourself. And the more, it's just like that old, that old saying goes like, you know, after you listen to a lecture or whatever, we're any information that we're getting, we're all going to absorb 70% of it. And most importantly, we kind of have to like, not only for the absorption process to kind of listen to it over and over and over again, but for the processing process to take place, to understand it, to really get it. And most importantly, relate it back into our personal experiences, into who we are to kind of right. get it. Because then once we go into life and we live life, it's like, oh, that's what they were talking about. 
oh, I get it now. I get why they're talking about this. Like you just right. sparks, light bulb sparks, and you just kind of, it's a huge process. And another barrier to achieving full self-love in a bit, which, which you have to kind of unravel your traumas and then unpack them and understand them, learn what you needed to learn and figure out who you needed to become um, mm. those traumas is that sometimes what's a barrier to kind of going there to even to even identify that you even had a trauma because it might be micro, um, like a micro trauma, small trauma, is that we have this thing called ego <laughs> and our ego, you know, likes to protect us and make us feel good. And so our ego does not want to acknowledge that something bad happened to us that we need to Right. You know, it's not sexy, right? Like, no, no, we have, everything is right. Kosher over in my world. So I'm good. Like, that's what our ego is saying. Like, I'm good. I'm good. So, you know, I've got this going on. I'm a six figure. I got a good corporate job. I got, you know, a house, the car, going on three, two vacations this year. I'm good, right? But meanwhile, there's other things happening in their life that they're creating. They don't, they don't have healthy relationships. They may, have, they may be neglecting certain relationships in their life. And, you know, certain things are going on. So it's this ego thing that we also have to acknowledge and be aware of too. And I think that, you know, um, that's another education process to go through. Like what, what is ego? What does that look like? And what, you know, what kind of voice does the ego have that is like tricking us and deceiving us as well that is preventing us to live a true healthy life with healthy relationships as well? Well, I think, you know, growing up, we learn how to protect ourselves based on that first time we got our feelings hurt, right? And whether that was at home or at school, the first, and, you know, in a lot of cases, it was innocent, you know, it wasn't intentional that somebody hurt our feelings, but we discovered we had a feeling, we had a reaction, and we start to form this thing around ourselves. It's invisible, but it's a way of not showing the world our vulnerabilities. And so by keeping ourselves protected with this ego, um, there's an aspect of it that there is a healthy ego because, you know, it will protect us from being killed by a lion. If we're really, you know, facing a lion, it's like, hey, get up and move. You got to do this. However, you know, when we're coming from our ego, when it's really taking us away from who we really are and we're in denial of what's really happening in real time within ourselves, and it might have to do with um, anything from self-care to some type of abuse or self-abuse or you know, maybe being harmed, but not being able to speak up for ourselves. So there is a lot there for us to recognize that there's a difference between, you know, a lion's chasing me versus don't let the world in because I can deal with this. And I think that's one of the things we've all realized is actually we do need to find the appropriate help. We need to listen to healthy podcasts, read healthy books, get the information, go to these places and do the deep inner work. And it's by allowing ourselves to open up to these aspects 
of new information. We're not going to find new information where we've been. We're going to find new information and new experiences where we focus and take ourselves. And I really believe that what we focus on grows. So if I'm going to focus on a problem, that problem will expand. If I'm going to focus on how to nourish and challenge and change and transform a behavior or a situation or a relationship, and I'm looking for the proactive way through this, that's very different than coming from ego and pretending like everything's okay, everything's okay, I'm just keeping it together. And I think we live in a world of a lot of people, we're all subjected to, we have to keep it together to go out into the world, do what we do, work, take care of things, get things done, and then come home and kind of like let down. But it's, it's finding the balance, finding the balance between getting life done, but being able to, are we enjoying it? Are we able to like wake up with a smile on our face and feel gratitude for being alive? Is it, are we feeling like inspired to live our lives or are we just going through the motions? And I think that's one of the biggest differences between, you know, nourishing this inner life to have an experience of the outer life that actually gives us joy, that brings us joy. Mm, awesome. Beautifully said. I completely, I obviously completely agree. Um, mm. well, I love this conversation and, you know, like, and as we could talk literally, and me and, by the way, me and Desiree were literally talking like one hour, this is hour number two. <laughs> before recording the podcast, we were just like chatting, chatting away about, you know, like, Introversion, introversion versus extroversion and or, you know how and how we were so blinded during our life experiences when feeling toxicity. I mean, because it's 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 really truly something it's like a it's like a mastering a new a science. It's like it's something that you yeah. have to just constantly be on the journey and just really truly continuing through education, having, listening. I think, honestly, the, I think the reason why podcasts have taken off so much is because it's like, it's just, it's a, we're having a conversation and it's like, yeah. we're expressing our thoughts and it's not in this like PowerPoint form. It's not in right. the lecture style. And because I've, I've been through it all. I've, I've been taking in, you know, personal development education through the event style, conference style, seminar, workshop style, you know, book form, um, you know, YouTube, <laughs> you know, the right. YouTube form and the podcast form. And honestly, I think exposing yourself through all the different forms of communication styles really, it just really, it's, it's different. It's different styles of communication. And I, I love the podcast form because it's kind of like, I don't know. You're listening to like real people just having a conversation. I think mm. people love that conversation component to learning, right? It's just like real people just really just sharing their right. yes and their experiences in a, in a two-way conversation versus this like talking at, um, and, and, and the talking, nothing wrong with it. It's just, it's just a different form of learning. It's a different style. And, 
Yeah. And I, I personally, I obviously, I enjoy listening to podcasts because I have my own podcast. There's something magical about the podcast, listening to a podcast. Um, it, I, I don't know. There's, I think it's because you're listening to two human beings exchange information in a conversational style. And I think it, people kind of feel like, I feel like I'm a fly on a wall, you know, listening to a conversation. And I think that's the the cool the coolness about it and I just like people love it so much like podcast today is like growing so much like over 51 percent of Americans are listening to podcasts and the amount of podcasts are just growing because now it's like you can learn listening to podcasts while driving in our car while working out at the gym right. while walking hiking jogging you know it's it's very convenient because you're just listening and you can still do your physical activities even cleaning. So it's convenient. And so, so yeah, we can literally talk and talk about self-love and like all the barriers to achieving self-love and like how to cultivate it too. Like it's, it's, you have to remove the barriers and then you have to cultivate, you know, self-love within you, show your self-love and also kind of make it your new normal you know, make it your, get familiar with it. I can say that once I cultivated and started cultivating peace and love for myself and feeling that, and it's my new normal, when a toxic person comes and they are like charming and they are, you know, they have this perfect package initially. Um, and then once you start seeing the flags, you're gonna immediately, and I can do this from personal experience, you will immediately get repulsed and just say, nope, thank you, bye-bye. That's right. You're, that's not your normal anymore. Like that is not, you've cultivated a new normal right. and you are um, like, you feel it in your body now. You've embodied that peace and that love in yourself. That once you're, someone tries to steer you into chaos and confusion, that that is what toxicity relationships are it's chaos confusion uh they create confusion in order to get what they want um so anywho so yeah you you just don't you, you don't then it doesn't feel good in your body and you get either sad upset whatever it's just it's complete chaos in your nervous system so when you're cultivating those self-care activities that bring you peace and joy you're kind of conditioning yourself to that nervous system of being calm that when someone tries to take you out of that it's like it's such an immediate repulsion so that's been my experience that's why I'm so so passionate and that is why happybeingwell.com exists is that you get those products that are most importantly healthy for you because they're 100 natural um and safe to use to cultivate your inner peace and love so yeah, so it's like so continue on the journey. Uh, go and visit Desiree's website, download her free book. So, what is your website where they can download the free book? So, um, it's not a free book, I should say, oh. but it's sorry, my bad. I thought it was free. I, I thought, no, that's okay. It is, um, so it's called The 21 Laws of Self Love. You can find it at glowpowerglobal.com. My IG handle is glow underscore power. And I want to say that um, it acts as a coach. So instead of having a hiring a coach, this 
tool is actually like having a coaching tool in your home at your disposal, very straightforward and easy to use. And um, it's a lot less expensive than a coach and it's a lot more expensive than a book, but it's because it's meant to serve your life and help transform it. So um, I hope people will check it out and enjoy it. And thank you so much for your service in the world. What you do and how you're doing it is elegant, beautiful, powerful, and true. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Desiree. And what's your website? Do you have a website that people can go to? Yes, Glow Power Global. Okay. Glow. All one word, glowpowerglobal.com. Perfect. And uh, for the audio listeners, just go into the podcast description, copy and paste it, or it may be a clickable link depending upon where you're listening on this podcast. Um, so check out her website, get the book. And also if they want to enroll in one of your group workshops, they can enroll they can contact me yes you can contact me through um, the website there's a email you can send me and i will be in touch with you or you can dm me on instagram perfect and low underscore power perfect and her instagram handle is also located in the podcast description and you can copy and paste it or simply plug it into your instagram search query box so thank you so much, Desiree. It was an awesome You're welcome. We had fun. Thank yes, you. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. <laughs> okay, guys. All right. Enjoy All right. your day, guys. And live happy, being well. Yes. Yay.